Welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast hosted by nutritional coach Jessica Tai, where we are dedicated to promoting health and overall well-being through nutrition, specifically the ketogenic diet. We will provide you with all the latest science in nutrition, interviews with experts in the health and wellness field, and answer all your burning questions so you can find optimal health. This podcast is not intended to be used as medical advice and is to be used for informational purposes only. Please contact your doctor with any and all medical questions. Now here's Jessica. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. I am your host, Jessica Tai, and um, I'm recording this episode solo, uh, as many of my previous ones have been, but I am recording this for you all uh, also in a video version. So if you prefer video, um, you can run over to YouTube, to my YouTube channel, and I will have the that link in the show notes if you'd like to go over there, and you can watch it in video if you prefer to see me. Um, I'm also going to do a screen share with this podcast episode. So of course, if you're listening to this on the audio version, you will not get to see that screen share. But if you are watching the uh, video version, you will get to see it. And um, I'm going to be sharing with you uh, one of my PowerPoint presentations that is going to go along with this message today, which is how to do keto your way, basically. It is um, what your keto looks like. What should it look like? What do you base the criteria of what your keto should look like? So before we get into that, um, I'm just kind of touch base with you guys. I am hiding away in my bedroom here. I've set up a little makeshift. Well, I shouldn't say makeshift. It's kind of permanent now. We went out and bought a really nice desk um, that I have kind of in the bay window uh, sitting area of my bedroom now. And um, this is where I now pretty much do all of my work and hide away from my children who are occupying the rest of the house. So they know when mom's in her room, leave her alone. She's probably recording a podcast or talking to a client or doing a group coaching call or whatever. So um, the good news about my new uh, kind of makeshift office is I am looking out. Uh, I'm sitting here in the bay window of my bedroom. So I am looking out over the farm. So that's really nice. But today it is raining cats and dogs and it has been raining since yesterday morning. Like literally we are, we have flash flood warnings all over and um, we have a little place, a little cottage down on the river. And I know that, um, you cannot even get in and out of that street right now, uh, to get to the cottage cause the street is flooded. So it's been a little crazy. Um, so anyway, uh, so I'm here trying to be cozy in my room and watching the rain, but I want nothing to do with going out there because it is just, it's the perfect kind of day to just be cozy inside, right? We need we need those days sometimes. We've got a few more of those days lately than, than maybe I want to have, but um, that's okay. We'll get back to normal life here soon, I believe. Um, okay, so today I'm recording this episode on um, Tuesday, May 19th. So it's actually the day that it will go out. Um, this is kind of my life now. I'm doing everything at the very last minute, which is not how I typically operate. And I don't like doing this that much, but hopefully this will go well because I don't get a redo um, on this podcast. Since I am recording it through a video, I can't splice and dice and not that I do a lot of that anyway, but I can't even if I wanted to. 
So since I'm doing a video version uh, here, for those of you that are watching the video, if you're listening on podcasts, just know that you can go watch the video version anytime you want, but you will still get plenty out of listening to the podcast. You don't have to see the video. So let me go ahead and jump over to do a screen share with you here. If you are watching on YouTube, let me open this up. Okay, so here we go finding your keto, how to get into ketosis and feel good while staying there. So I've done this uh, little jewel a couple of times um, for a couple of different, um, whatever you want to say. Um, I can't, I don't know why I can't think of what I'm trying to say. Presentations. There you go. <laughs> so um, I'm not sure where my head will be um, in this video, but I'm going to drag the box down here. Okay. So, um, this first slide just basically tells you a little bit about me, my family, um, which this, this is kind of an older, um, that says I've been married 22 years. I've actually been married. It'll be 24 years this year. Pretty exciting to my husband. We do have five kiddos. They are now ranging from eight to 18. Um, I am a nutritional therapy practitioner. And for those of you that are listening, you can't see this slide, but I really am going to leave this on here for a second because I think it's really fun to see. I don't do a lot of before and after pictures on myself, but I do think it's really fun to be able to see the before and afters. Um, and this is one of the things that I actually do recommend that my clients do is not only take measurements, not to weigh yourself when you start keto, but to take measurements and do some before pictures. So um, I do recommend that they do them in like bathing suits or bikinis because I think it's, you can see more about what changes and um, you know, we're our own worst critics. So oftentimes we don't actually see the changes, even though we have a lot of changes, sometimes we just don't even notice them. But if you, cause they, you know, cause we're, we're with ourselves every single day and we're always picking ourselves apart. So if you can look at a picture that you took from a week or two or three or four weeks ago and compare that to a picture you just took today, then you can begin to see the changes. You can begin to see like, Oh my goodness, look, look at this, you know, look how my waist is coming in now, or look how, you know, this, has changed or, you know, whatever it is, it can be something very small, but getting that little bit of encouragement when you see that in a photo can just be huge. Like when I'm looking at these uh, before and afters of myself, this one um, photo was taken May of 2015. So that's five years ago now. And um, then the one that I'm comparing it to was taken in June of 2017. So two years apart, um, fully keto in 2017. I actually uh, started my keto journey in, was it 2016 or 2017? I kind of tend to forget these dates now. Um, I think it was 2016, I believe February, but now, now I'm, I'm, so it doesn't even matter. Regardless, these particular pictures were taken two years apart and you can see in 2015, like, oh my goodness. And I didn't even feel that inflamed or that, but you can just see it in my face. Like my, like my smile doesn't even look the same. Like everything is just so inflamed. And so, um, I just had so much inflammation, so much bloating, so much water retention. Same with the other set of pictures. They're taken, um, they were taken three years ago at this time. So probably five years ago now, um, three years apart 
And my husband and I were dressed up for the same event, same time of year, same event. It's a realtor event that we go to every year. And the difference, I mean, honestly, I think I look at least 10 years younger um, in the picture where I'm three years older than the other one. Um, my husband looks amazing as well. Um, and he, you know, we both went keto at about the same time. So, but I think it's really interesting to see those and it helps. I think it helps you to, um, remember, remind yourself why you're doing this and to look at how much healthier you look, how much healthier you feel. Um, just you start to see things about yourself that you didn't even notice before. And I actually think that's important to be able to, to recognize those things. So what is keto? So it's a ketogenic way of eating. It's often called the keto diet, LCHF, which is low carb, high fat. It's defined as a diet consisting of approximately 70% fat, 25% protein, and 5% carbs, or 75% fat, 20% protein, and 5% carbs. You may also hear people say it's equal to about 20 grams of carbs or less to be truly ketogenic. So keto is not a food. It is not a drink. It is not, you know, a pill. Um, keto literally is referring to a metabolic state in your body. Okay. So it's being in the a state of ketosis. This means that your body is using fat or ketones for fuel instead of carbohydrates or sugar, which would be glucose or glycogen. And it also leads to a level of metabolic flexibility and freedom that these days we just, a lot of us don't experience it because we spend pretty much as soon as we're able to eat any solid foods at all, we're eating carbohydrates and sugar. And we just are constantly, we, we are constantly on the look for that. We're on the prowl for it because we need to be eating those carbs and sugar constantly to keep ourselves fueled because we, we burn through that stuff so quickly and, um, and it makes us want to keep eating. So are you fat adapted or are you a sugar burner? Like that is the question, right? If you want to be keto, if you want to be in ketosis, that's the lifestyle you want to leave, then you need to know how to do that. You need to know how to become fat adapted. You need to know what is the difference and how do you get there? How do you figure that out for yourself? Because my keto is probably going to look different than your keto. So now that we kind of know what keto is, we need to figure out why. Like why do you even want to do keto? Well, I would suspect that I have a list here of probably 10, 15 different reasons that, that I hear all the time that people want to be keto for, like what they're coming to this lifestyle for. And I would suspect that you probably share at least in one of these, but maybe multiple ones of these. And so um, we talk about weight loss, improved cognition. I know for me, that was a huge reason. Um, I didn't actually know it at the time, but that was probably the very first thing that I noticed and the most amazing part of being keto for me. Um, more energy, improved mood. Oh, this one is also huge for me. You know, again, guys, I have five kids. <laughs> and so generally like to think that I'm a pretty nice person. Um, you know, I don't get, you know, mouthy with people other than generally my kids. <laughs> and um, that I didn't like that part. You know, I would just get really frustrated and um, just, you know, just frustrated. I just felt frustrated all the time. Like I just had a, a short fuse, um, not a lot of patience, um, you know, whatever. And, and that, is completely changed since I am no longer a carb burner. Um, my my patience is better. I'm I'm more even keel. My uh, my mood is just 
like, as a matter of fact, it's so, it's much more even, it's so more, much more even that my husband will say every month, like, wow, that was a surprise. Like, you know, if I, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm feeling kind of bloated, you know, I'm, I think I, you know, it's my time of month now, whatever. I just, I'm thinking I'm really tired. He'll be like, really? Boy, that snuck up on us. Or boy, that was a surprise. Where it used to be, um, it would be the week before my period. And he'd be like, okay, well, I know what's coming. You know, I know what's around the corner. Cause I was, you know, huge PMF sufferer, right? Like cramps, moody, like get out of my way you know, I am on the rampage. <laughs> I kind of just, I mean, emotions all over the place. I couldn't, I mean, I literally couldn't help it. And I didn't know, you know, I thought it was normal. Like I thought you hear everybody talking about that. And so I thought, well, that's just normal. You just get moody and you get cramps and you just feel miserable and it's awful. And then that's just the way it is, but it's not anymore. So it does not have to be that way, ladies. If you're struggling with that, this might be one of the big amazing things for you that you need. This could be one of your whys for real. Um, blood sugar control, improved insulin sensitivity, improved heart health, um, clear skin. Oh my gosh, this was another huge one for me. I suffered my entire life from cystic ac acne. Um, never really went through like terrible teenage acne skin. I mean, not that I didn't get it. I did have some pimples, you know, as a teenager, but, um, but really got worse the older I got. I mean, as an adult, and I was on all kinds of, I have been going to derma spas and, you know, plastic surgery groups for laser treatments and skin, you know, facial peels and you name it. I have tried it my whole life. I have been on antibiotics. I was on long-term antibiotics, guys, for doxycycline, for acne to control acne. Like I didn't know, like this was before, um, I went to school for, um, health and nutrition purposes. <laughs> so obviously, you know, I just didn't know, I didn't know any better. So, um, I mean, you talk about wrecking your gut. So, you know, the, I did whatever I had to do to try to manage my skin. I would cake makeup on all the time. I almost never wear any type of foundation anymore. I still definitely love to put on mascara and, and eyeliner because I am blonde and my eyelashes are non-existent without mascara. So, and my eyes disappear if I do not have them uh, lined with mascara. But other than that, I, I mean, I literally, I wouldn't leave the house without makeup on my face because I was so embarrassed of the way my skin looked. And that I always had red um, pimples or cystic acne breaking out. So if you are suffering from any skin problems like that, I feel you, my heart goes out to you because I know that that is absolutely a killer of self-esteem. I mean, we could be doing some, you know, amazing thing that weekend and, and going out with some friends or have some great event. And I would be so terrified of going because I knew, you know, I just had a new breakout and I knew it wasn't going to be cleared out, cleared up by the time we went out. And so I would be like planning, what am I going to do to cover this up? How am I going to hide it? You know, it just, and then I would spend the entire thing thinking about the acne that I just knew everybody else was staring at. So it's, I know how debilitating it can be. And so I, my heart goes out to you if you are dealing with that. 
Um, staying fuller longer. That is a huge one. Waking up well rested is also amazing. Um, when I am, when I do go off the rails and I still do on occasion, um, that I waking up, not feeling good. Everything hurts. I'm slow to get up and get moving. Like it is real. Oh, I mean, the difference is incredible versus how I feel when I am on and I'm keto and I'm doing great and I am not overwhelmed with sugar and carbs and all of that stuff. It's amazing. Really, truly, it is amazing. The difference, um, better hormone balance, and there is so much more. Okay. Let's go to the next one here. So if you want to figure out what your keto looks like, here are my five tips to do just that. Because I think it's important that we get this straight. Like those are guidelines, right? To be keto. Like it's guidelines to these are the macros. It's guidelines to say, this is what you should eat or shouldn't eat. But those are only guidelines. And that doesn't mean that that's exactly what you're going to need to do or exactly what I'm going to need to do. So we, we need to figure out how to figure out what our keto looks like and what works best for us and what makes us feel best and what we can stick with. Because if you, if you put yourself on some kind of program that you, you just cannot handle it, you're just going to fall, fall away from it and you won't go back and you'll be like, see, it didn't work for me when really it wasn't that keto didn't work. It, it's not like your body cannot get into ketosis. That is, that would be very, very rare. I do understand that there might actually be a few people that that would be a problem for, but your body knows how to do this. You could just kind of wake that, that process back up and, and you need to give yourself time and do it the right way. Um, not trying to force a square peg into a round hole right? We need to figure out what works for us and what, you know, what steps we need to take to make it stick long-term. So the first tip is get some keto cookbooks and just some books to read that are keto and podcasts, because these are what you want to do to help you stay motivated. You need to, these are kind of going to be, um, your accountability partners. If you, want to put it that way. Um, you kind of think about it as, you know, if you don't have anybody that's doing this with you or helping you stay accountable, reading these books, doing the, the, you know, using these recipes to have some fun and cook up some new, um, recipes, things like that, listening to podcasts where you hear other people talking about keto, where you're learning about keto, where you hear other people's journeys, that will help you stay motivated. That helps you know you're not alone. And there are other people out there doing this as well. So, um, I really do think this is key. There are some great books out there. One would, that I could recommend to you would be Keto Clarity. So hopefully if you haven't already heard of that, um, you will, now that you have, you'll run out and get that. I think it is a really great book for you. It's Jimmy Moore. Um, another one is the Keto Cure. Um, keto by the Emmerichs, Craig and Maria, ketogenic Bible, uh, sorry, ketogenic Bible, the keto diet by uh, Leanne Vogel is another one. So those are just a few off the top of my head. And there are so many more. <laughs> I mean, there are so many more. It could go on and on and on about all of the different keto books that are out there. And there's a lot of really good ones to read. Um, there's a lot of them that aren't even keto books, but they're just really good at one of my very favorites is the big fat surprise. Um, Let's see, uh, Sally Fallon, Nourishing Traditions, one of my favorites. So there's a lot of really great books out there that talks about diet and nutrition and would be excellent whether you're keto or not. 
Um, but the, these would all be good options for you um, with just kind of helping you to learn and helping you to kind of stay motivated. Cookbooks. Uh, there are a ton of cookbooks out there, right? Like we all know Maria Emmerich. Um, awesome. Ton of different cookbooks. She has some books that are less uh, involved and are a little bit um, have a little bit easier recipes. And then some books are kind of a mix of both of those. Um, but she definitely has some books that if you really want to get serious about cooking up some things, that Maria's books are the ones for you. Um, because she has a lot of them that are just, um, I mean, you could spend the entire evening in the kitchen cooking if that's what you like to do. And there are lots of people like to do that. I actually do like to do that. Um, I just don't so much have time these days, but I do enjoy doing that. So I love Maria's books. There are some easier cookbooks out there. I think Suzanne Ryan's Simply Keto. Um, that one is a little bit, uh, some of the recipes in there are a little bit easier, a little bit quicker. There's Everyday Ketogenic Kitchen, Carolyn Ketchum. She's got some really great recipes as well. And you can also get recipes from all of these girls online. You can just simply go to your computer, type in their names, and they will pull up uh, websites and they have recipes available right on their website. So you don't necessarily have to buy the book to get recipes. Um, I also have a recipe collection on my website, jessicatai.com. And my recipe collection is exactly that. It is the recipe collection that I cook for my family and have been cooking for my family since I started keto. Most of what my recipes are, are recipes that I used to cook for them when we were not keto. And I just um, tweaked them to make them ketogenic um, recipes like keto lasagna. I do a white chicken, um, white chicken enchilada and a white shrimp enchilada bake um, that are both keto. I do, um, I have in there things like um, keto meatballs and, um, and spaghetti. And I do um, different soups. I think I've got a, my, um, I think my wedding soups in there and um, there's different salads and I have a recipe that I have used for years and years and years to make um, uh, cabbage rolls, uh, traditional Ukrainian cabbage rolls. They are so phenomenal. Um, that is a kind of a more intense recipe because it is from scratch. Everything takes a little bit of time to do, but I was able to tweak that recipe and make that into a ketogenic recipe. It is amazing. I actually like the keto version better than I ever liked the other one, which it's one of my favorite meals in the world. So, um, that says a lot, but there's, um, there's just a ton of different meatloaf. My family loves meatloaf. So there's a, I took my traditional meatloaf and made that into a ketogenic version. So there's all kinds of that type of thing. Thing. And you can find all of that stuff out on the internet. It's a wonderful resource. What I do want to caution you on, however, is make sure that you're not just Googling keto recipes because you will get a bunch and they will not necessarily be keto. So you either need to know who the author of the keto recipe that you're looking at is so that you know that they are a reputable source or um, you need to be getting it from a reputable source. So don't just um, Google it and then just, or go join a keto recipe page and then just make whatever people post on there. Because a lot of times people just don't understand. They might have good intentions, but they don't necessarily understand um, 
what keto is. And they may be using things that are going to really throw that recipe way off as far as, you know, way too many carbs, or maybe it has sugar in it or things like that. Um, and then podcasts, there are so many incredible podcasts and you don't have to only listen to keto podcasts. So, um, a lot of making keto work for you, I think is understanding nutrition and understanding how nutrition works in your body, right? Like, like the physiology behind everything, like the more, you know, right. That remember the commercials, the more, you know, <laughs> um, I can't even remember what that was like PBS station or something, I think, but, um, it just always makes me think like the more, you know, like that is so true in everything in life. Like the more, you know, the more you're able to understand things, the more you're able to stick with things, the more you're able to reason things out. So I think I'm um, listening to podcasts like keto talk, the keto diet podcast, keto for normies, um, of course, keto lifestyle. <laughs> there's, there's lots of really great keto, and there's a ton of them. I'm not saying, I mean, I'm sure I can't remember all of them, but there's a ton of them and there's been a ton more come on in the last year or two as well. But, um, some of my favorite podcasts that I listen to are actually not ketogenic podcasts. Maybe the hosts are ketogenic, but they're not outwardly ketogenic podcasts. Um, but they are so knowledgeable and you learn so much and it can help you know why what you're doing may or may not be working for you. So one of those that I really, really love is called, um, uh, naturally nourished, right? Allie Miller is uh, awesome. It, I love listening to her. So naturally nourished. That's, that's a really, really good one. Um, there's a newer podcast, um, out there, uh, Nissa Gron and TC Hale called chat the fat. I love that podcast as well. So that is another good one for you. And I'm going to check my, um, I need to pull up on my phone right here. Oh, Fundamental Health with Paul Saladino. That is really, really good. Um, Paul is a doctor and it's, if you're really nerdy and you like to get into the nitty gritty of things, love Paul, love listening to him. Um, he's just, I love listening to him. So if you like really getting into the nitty gritty of stuff, that'd be a good one. Fat Fueled Family. That's awesome. So that's the Vegas, um, Danny and Mara friends. I love them. Um, but they're, they have a great podcast and it's not all about keto, but of course they are keto, um, and carnivore. So very, um, very educational wise traditions is another really great podcast to listen to. Um, and you know, this is, um, it's all about um, food and nutrition and um, just kind of the natural way of life, basically. And it's it's a really, really, really great podcast to listen to to get all kinds of um, really great information. So it's put on by the Weston A. Price Foundation, and um, I mean they just have so there's such a uh, just a huge resource for really great information, nutritional information, health information, that type of thing, type of thing. And then I was thinking there was one more I wanted to share with you and I, I don't see, um, Oh, kick it naturally. So speaking of TC Hale, um, I told you TC Hale does one called chat the fat with Nissa Gron, um, but, uh, kick it naturally. So that's his first podcast that he put out. He is so interesting to listen to. And I've had him on this podcast once or twice, maybe twice now. Um, and I was on his chat, the fat, 
um, last year or something, I think. Um, anyway, he's such a great guy. So was, he was on the last um, low carb cruise with me as a speaker as well. And so I got to meet him in person, but I had interviewed him and got to know him like a year or two to like two years before I met him in person. And uh, he is even funnier in person. His fiance and my husband and him and I spent a lot of that cruise hanging out after dinner, just cracking up, just he, they're a lot of fun, but it's a wonderful podcast to listen to because he's so easy to listen to. And he uh, was a comedian. I should say is a comedian because he is just the funniest. He's just so funny. Um, but anyway, so it's very, he puts a very light spin on, uh, on very heavy topics, but he talks about all kinds of inter, I think interesting detoxification and digestion and, and, um, adrenal fatigue. And, um, I mean, I'm kind of looking at some of these, um, bloating and stomach discomfort, bad breath, adrenal fatigue, chronic cough. Like he just goes over all of these really immune system boosts, uh, autonomic nervous system imbalances, hypoglycemia, restless, restless leg syndrome, laryngitis, dietary fats. Um, so he just talks about so many different subjects and, um, you can easily apply them to this lifestyle or any other lifestyle. Okay. And then number two, now that you're inspired and have some great menu ideas, you've got all these great cookbooks, right? And you've listened to these podcasts and you're like, okay, I'm ready. I'm inspired. I'm ready to do something cool. Then you can clean out your fridge and pantry and get shopping for the good stuff, right? So it's like, what do you guys like to eat? What do you like to eat? What does your family like to eat? Is it Italian foods? Is it more meat and potatoes? Is it Mexican, Mediterranean? I don't know about you guys, but my family, we do like Mexican Mondays or Taco Tuesdays, you know, it just depends on what we're in the mood for. Um, and we'll, or maybe even sometimes we'll do like a meatless Monday, not because we're vegan or vegetarian, but <laughs> we just try to change it up, do something cool. Um, we'll do like, uh, you know, maybe pizzas on Fridays and, um, just all kinds of, we'll just try to, you know, just have, we love Italian food. We love meat, potatoes type meals, you know? Um, so we just try to change it up and have some different things throughout the week. But I find that my family, and I don't know about yours, but we typically eat like the same five to 10 different meals, like all the time. Um, just some variation of those five to 10 things typically. So what you need to do is you're going to clear out all the crap that you don't want to be eating and you're going to find swaps for those foods. So they're going to be lower or no carb stuff. And when you have the recipes in front of you, if you're looking at recipe books, then it's easy to see like what those swaps could be and what different things are that you could be doing in place of what you're used to doing. But some keto swaps, just to give you some ideas, are spaghetti squash or zoodles in place of pasta, or you could even do like the miracle noodles. Now spaghetti squash can get more on the little bit higher carb side than say zoodles or miracle noodles, um, that type of thing. So you got to kind of watch this stuff. And this is where tracking comes in, which we're going to talk about in a minute, but, um, riced cauliflower, of course, in the place of rice, you can coat pork chops or chicken in crushed pork rinds. Um, you don't, you know, instead of crackers and flour or flour or whatever, um, you're going to do it the same way you always would do it. Just instead of the flowers or cracker, you're going to use crushed pork rinds or pork panko can now get, um, when I started doing this, you just had to grab a bag of pork rinds and just use a roller and roll them out until they were all crushed up and, and then you could use them to coat your stuff with. Um, and then you can make lasagna out of thinly sliced eggplant instead of lasagna noodles. Or, um, I know Maria Emmerich likes to use, um, uh, 
chicken lunch meat, I do the same thing. I make my lasagna out of chicken lunch meat or my kind of my family's favorite, like my famous lasagna is I use the sandwich size pepperonis and I do a pizza lasagna and I use those pepperonis in place of noodles. And I'm telling you, it tastes like a pizza. It smells like a pizza. It's amazing, right? Um, so that kind of stuff, but, but getting inspired, finding those recipes and then getting rid of the food you don't want to eat and then putting the good stuff in your your fridge and pantry is how it's going to be you're going to be able to make this work for you um you need to get the temptation out of the house have the things that you want to be eating there so that you know it's in the fridge when you want it and you know you'll go to the grocery store with a list that's five miles long the first time but then it, it gets easier you know you walk around lost you don't know where any of these things are but as you go um, the next time and the next time and the next time, you know, these are the things that you're using every day to cook now. And now they become not so strange. And then you start to realize, oh, this isn't really that hard at all. Okay. And then number three is download an app that you can track macros on. So I often have my clients use carb manager. It's just the one that I find easy, but, um, there's macro track, super simple or stupid, simple macro tracker, my fitness pal, et cetera. So in the beginning, I recommend that you track this stuff. The reason why is I think you need to understand your food in the beginning, because if you're trying to figure out what works for you, what your keto is, if you don't even know what the macronutrient makeup is of your food, how in the world can you know what's working for you? Most of us don't walk around up until we're doing something like this. We don't, we don't understand, like we're not counting carbs and cheese or like trying to figure out, right? Like we don't know. We just have no idea. I know when I started tracking my food, I was like, cheese has how many carbs? Like I couldn't believe it. I, I just thought free cheese was like a free food. Like, woohoo. Like I'm, I'm keto now I can have 16 slices of Swiss cheese as a snack or whatever. And then I didn't realize like, oh my gosh, how many carbs did I just eat? So I think it's really important to understand your food macronutrient makeup, then you, then you know what's working for you. So if, if you think you're keto, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, Oh, I'm keto. I've been doing this keto thing. I'm keto, but it's not working for me. I'm not losing any weight. I've, I've got this going on, that going on. And then when you really dial down into it, you realize that they've never tracked anything. They've never tested anything. And they actually have no idea if they're actually in ketosis. And when they share their food journal with me, I'm like, uh, I actually think that you're probably a lot higher on the carbs than you think you are. And if there's one thing that is going to transform or going to change it for you, it will be the carbs. Like more than anything else, if you lower your carbs enough, you will be in ketosis. So no matter what else you're doing, if you get those carbs low enough. So if you're not tracking, you, you can't know that. But once you track and you kind of start to know what you're bringing in and what foods look like, then you can start to play around with it because maybe you're like, okay, I've got my carbs in the right place, but now I, my, my carbs seem right, but now I'm really, really hungry in between meals. So you start thinking, um, you know, what do I need to do to tweak to tweak that. I, I don't want to add more carbs. So how do I, how do I keep myself from being hungry in between meals? Well, that's more than likely going to be fat. You need to up your fat and protein. But, um, for most people, especially in the beginning, I would say 
you really need to add the fat. Get the fat because you want your body to switch over to using fat for fuel. And if you're giving it plenty of fat for fuel, it will begin to be like, okay, well, this is readily available. It's coming in all that I need. I, we're just going to have to start using this fat for fuel. That's just what we're going to have to start doing. And so in the beginning, I definitely think that that's how we should really focus. And then as you just keep listening to your body and you are learning the foods as you're eating, then you can get into more of this intuitive eating, right? You hear people say that all the time. Like, and a lot of people are like, I don't even know what that is. Like I've never eaten anything intuitively in my life except ice cream when it calls from the freezer to come eat me. That's, in, that's intuitive, right? It's like, nope, that's not intuitive. <laughs> so that, but, but that is one of those things that you'll gain from tracking learning how you feel when you eat certain things, figuring out what it takes to make you satiated. And then ultimately you won't have to track forever because you start to kind of learn. You just kind of know how many calories you're, or how many carbs you're probably eating because you kind of eat the same things all the time. And you start to kind of know when you've overdone it and you're now not in ketosis because you know the difference, you know how you feel and those types of things. So um, that's where intuitive eating comes in. And that's where finding your keto is super important. Like you need to to learn what is it that really works for you, not what works for your husband or your friend or your mom or whatever. It's like, what is working for you? Um, you know, maybe they can eat the 17 pieces of Swiss cheese and they're totally fine. But as soon as you have, you know, two slices of mozzarella, you're done, right? I mean, like you need to figure that out. You got to figure out what works. Right. And number four is to eat as much real food or fat specifically as you want or need and drink plenty of water. So this is kind of twofold, but I wanted to keep it to five things. So I had to pump these in together. But during the first few months, like I was saying, I highly recommend that you pay attention to what you're eating and you keep your carbs low, like 20 grams total or less to start. So start there. You'll get into ketosis. You're going to start producing ketones. And then you can kind of play with those numbers from there as you are learning macronutrients, as you're learning what it takes to fuel your body, as you're learning what you like as maybe you're changing some of what you typically would be eating. Um, and it's also super important during this time to eliminate snacking in between meals, especially if you are looking to be to be losing weight, um, losing fat specifically. Because if we are snacking, every time that we're eating, unless you're eating pure fat, which is really difficult to do, um, but unless you're eating just pure fat, every time that you eat, you are going to elicit an insulin response. And insulin is your fat storage hormone. So if you've got an insulin response and you're storing fat, then you're not going to be burning fat. And that's what you want to be doing, especially if you're trying to lose fat, right? You want to burn it. You want to get it out of there. So this is where you've really got to work hard to eliminate the snacking in between meals. You want to have if you have three meals a day, if you have two meals a day, whatever it is, just have those meals and don't eat in between. I recommend trying to stick to just real food during this period and not supplementing with any kind of prepackaged food, artificial sweeteners, et cetera, even if they say keto, to just try to stick to real foods if you want to make dinners, make recipes, that's fine. Um, but really dinners can just be protein with fat 
and some kind of veg on the side if you want, um, but really just sticking to real food and staying away from the prepackaged stuff, okay? I would try to do this at least the first three months. So when I started, I did six months. I just knew it would take me six months. I needed to get rid of the sweet tooth. I needed to stop the binge eating. I needed to stop the snacking. Um, I knew that's what I had to do. But I would, I would say at least three months, but you may need more than that. But again, this is your keto, so you have to figure that out. And then make sure that during this time, especially that you are doing, that you are drinking lots of water. So when insulin levels drop, which if you're doing this properly, they will be dropping significantly. Your kidneys excrete more water and sodium, which this is why it's super important to stay hydrated and potentially even be supplementing with electrolytes because we're dumping so much more through our urine when we are keto, and this is where we can get that keto flu, right, that everybody talks about. So you really, really, really want to be making sure you're well hydrated and that you've got plenty of electrolytes. And number five and final is I definitely recommend when you're starting off that you get a blood glucose or ketone monitor, okay? So I have, for this presentation, I have Keto Mojo listed here. Um, if you go to my website, you can get a discount on Keto Mojo. I think it's 15% off. Um, there, I have a code, or actually, I think it's a link. It's a link or a code, I forget. I think it might be a link if you click on it. Um, but there are other uh, devices you can get now as well. I've recommended the Keto Mojo because that is what was really available when I started this um, several years ago. There was the Keto Mojo, and you could also do the, um, it, there was the breath, um, meter. I had tried both and I didn't really care for the breath meter. It just was very difficult. Um, I thought to use, and I'm sure they've improved that now. Um, but there's many different ones on the market, but I do think that the blood, um, testing your blood is probably the gold standard for testing. And I love that you can test your blood glucose with the same machine. I think testing blood glucose is super helpful, um, for you, especially as you're figuring out how to kind of navigate this in a new world with your eating and your diet and, and all of this. It really helps you know where your blood sugar levels are and what may be holding your back or might be working for you. So um, testing your blood glucose and ketones daily is really going to help you in the beginning. It's just going to help you understand how this works. So in general, you want to be producing ketones in a range from 0.5 millimole to 3 millimole, okay? Um, the, the, let's say the light area would be 0.5 to 1.5, and then optimal fat burning is 1.5 to 3.0. But I will tell you that I rarely test above one, rarely. Now, in the beginning, that wasn't necessarily true. I would test higher, but as your body becomes more adapt to this lifestyle and to using ketones, you will use those ketones and you will not have so much excess in your blood. So then your numbers will start coming down um, over time on those on the meter. Okay, and I mentioned in the beginning that you were gonna feel good while doing this, right? So there is a feel good part to this. And um, here is where you're going to be feeling good. So stress management and detoxification. So these are a few things that you can do to help kind of detox and manage stress because as you're doing this, as you're starting this new lifestyle, you're going to be hopefully detoxing because you're going from your the old way of eating and um, you know, maybe 
maybe it wasn't standard American diet, but maybe it was still a little bit higher carbs, a little bit more sugar, and you just weren't doing the best. Um, so you should start detoxing. Um, as you move to being a fat burner. And then you also want to kind of help manage your stress, right? Because you don't want this to become something that's stressful for you, that you're freaking out about, that you're like, oh, I've given up all this stuff. You, so you want to manage all of this. So number one, meditation. This is super helpful. It can be prayer, meditation, taking a few deep breaths, just taking a little bit of time, right? journaling. This is a huge one. I like to do gratitude journaling. I recommend gratitude journaling to all of my clients. Movement. So this does not have to be exercise. You don't even have to put that word with it. This could just be going outside and taking a walk after dinner, which is also happens to be a super good time to take a walk because it helps you lower insulin levels and it helps with digestion. Could also be doing some infrared sauna, which is amazing. Um, I realize that not everybody can have one in their house, um, but I would highly recommend making that a goal of yours if possible. I made it a goal of mine. I saved for mine and I bought it. I've had my infrared sauna, I don't know, six or seven years now. Love it. I can't imagine not having it. My entire family uses it. Um, it was worth every single penny we spent. Um, dry brushing. This is super easy. Doesn't take a lot of money. You go buy a $6 brush from pretty much any pharmacy or, um, uh, big box store and, um, and do dry brushing. So, uh, I believe I have dry brushing information in my, or on my Facebook page. I believe there's a, um, what do you call it when like you pin, I don't even know all the, all the words, but um, that they use in the social media stuff. But um, I believe it's kind of like pinned on my page so you can, you can get it easily there. Um, I believe I put the, the PDF on there, but you can do dry brushing. You can also just Google it. Um, super interesting, really works. It's a great way to help with lymphatic movement, which is going to help you with detoxification. Um, massage, of course, is great for detox. Again, that's going to help you with lymphatic, moving your lymphatic system. Good sleep habits. This is huge. Um, it's also huge for stress management because if you're not sleeping, you're naturally, your body's going to be stressed out. You're going to have, you're going to have elevated blood glucose when you're not sleeping. If you're not getting enough rest, your blood glucose is elevated, which is going to cause high insulin levels, which chronically high insulin levels is going to lead to cortisol levels being higher than optimal or being off at the wrong times during the day, up when it's supposed to be down and down when it's supposed to be up. And that can lead to a whole myriad of problems. So um, good sleep habits are absolutely crucial. Um, positive thoughts and self-talk. So making sure this is why the gratitude journaling is really good, but, you know, trying to focus on the positive things, trying to put a, a positive spin on things instead of a negative and always thinking that things are too hard or it's never going to work or, you know, using those kind of words, um, instead saying, well, they, it will get better and I can do this and I am not alone. And, you know, just trying to reinforce things. And when you're writing in the journal, writing those things down and using that language, um, you literally have to make, um, it's like I had Dr. Darlene Mayo on the podcast, um, a couple of months ago, and we were talking about the importance of positive thoughts and speaking positively and how you literally are, um, making new connections in your brain, um, that, 
that you have to literally make new pathways so that you don't naturally just go down the negative thought pathway, but that you start going naturally down the positive thought pathway. So that's super important. And then bone broth. So bone broth, I know it's like random, right? There's like all these things to do. And then I'm like, Oh, bone broth. Um, but bone broth is so good. It's so good for detoxification. It provides you with some of the minerals and vitamins and nutrients that you need for phase one and phase two detoxification in your liver. So that is going to be super important. It is also super gut healing, which many, many of us, when we come to this lifestyle, we realize when we start eating real food and we start focusing on things, we're like, Ooh, I got a lot of gut healing to do. So bone broth is super, super great for that. And speaking of gut healing, we're going to switch right over here to digestive health. And here are some tips for having good digestive health. Number one, don't eat in front of the TV, computer, et cetera. So try to actually sit down, have dinner time. If you can have it with another person and you make this like a really nice um, experience, that's even better. But just sitting down, taking the time to be grateful for the food that you're about to eat, <coughs> taking a few breaths to prepare your autonomic nervous system. You want to be in the parasympathetic state. So if you, most of us are kind of chronically in a sympathetic state, which that is the fight or flight. We're always go, 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 go. But we want to be in the parasympathetic state. So if you sit down and you take a couple of deep breaths, you breathe in. Hold it and then breathe out. Do that two or three times, it is impossible to still be in the sympathetic mode. You are going to be parasympathetic because what those breaths just told your body is we're fine. We're not running. We're not, there's nobody chasing us. We are so chill right now. We are so good that we have time to take some deep breaths. And that just tells your body, everything's good. I'm good. I'm going to get into that rest and digest mode, time to relax, time to eat. This is super. Very, very important to do that before eating. <coughs> that is also the trigger to your digestive system to start producing the um, amylase in your mouth that you need to break down food. It tells your digestive system to start producing hydrochloric acid in your stomach because you're about to start digesting food. It triggers a whole bunch of, um, of processes that are going to help you be able to better digest your food. So super important to do that. Make sure you're chewing your food thoroughly before you're swallowing and work on correcting digestive issues if anything is off. So if you listen to some of those podcasts that I told you about, <laughs> you'll learn about digestive issues and might be able to help um, kind of self-diagnose yourself and, and work on those things. You can also, of course, join my coaching group. Um, my group coach coaching is, um, we work a lot on digestion and we work specifically on what you're dealing with because I take you through the NutriQ system and you get specific information on exactly what things your body might be dealing with that might be holding you up from not just the keto lifestyle, but any lifestyle change or anything that you're trying to do. And then how do you move forward long-term? So this is going to look different for everybody. And that's why I say this is your keto. You need to find what works for you. 
So I don't want you to worry about what your macros are supposed to be or how many carbs you're supposed to eat. I want you to ketofy your life so that it will work for you long term. This is a diet, I mean a lifestyle, not a diet, right? So that's why I named it the Keto Lifestyle Podcast, not the Keto Diet Podcast. I want you to be thinking about, you know, I want you to be tracking in the beginning. I want you to be realizing what you're eating. I want you to be knowing those things. But if you eat, uh, if it takes you 10 carbs, if you, if you can only eat 10 total carbs, I don't want you to be like, well, that's not right. So-and-so said it was 20 carbs a day, or so-and-so said they could eat 30 carbs a day or 50 carbs a day. Don't worry about what so-and-so said. You have to figure out what works for you. And that's the only way that this will work for you. And that what works for you now is probably not going to be the same thing that works for you later. So you're going to be tweaking those things. Um, and it's also going to depend on where you are in your life. If you're super stressed out, then you get unstressed out. Then when you get unstressed out, you might see that, wow, I can get away with eating a lot more carbs than I was before. And it's because you were super stressed out. So the stress was causing your blood glucose to be elevated all the time anyway. And so you were eating really, really low carbs and just not getting that big of a result. And then all of a sudden you got your stress under control and then you're like, oh my gosh, look at all these carbs that I'm able to kind of sneak in here, so to speak, and I'm still rocking ketosis. That is a very real possibility. So that's why it is different for every person. You need to figure it out for you. So what has changed for me over the last year? So this is old. Um, that, like I said, this, this PowerPoint is pretty old. This I believe was two years ago, maybe more that I wrote this. So I've been keto, I think going on four years now. Um, so what has changed for me? Now I drink wine pretty much every night with dinner. That's still the same. Hasn't really changed. Um, I've added in keto treats from time to time now. So again, the whole first year I didn't, I did none. Um, I do a carb up every now and then. So, um, Leanne Vogel has called it a carb up. Um, people call it carb cycling. Um, I call it just having a higher carb day or higher carb meal. And I have found that works really well for me. Um, and when I say higher carb, I'm not talking about you know, a cinnamon roll or chocolate cake. Although I'm also not saying that I completely refrain from that stuff. I'm much more metabolically flexible now. Um, I can go out to dinner with friends and have a dessert where maybe in the first year or two years, it was like, nope, not even going to have anything like that. Um, now I can have some of that stuff from time to time. But when I'm talking about a carb up, I'm talking about like, maybe I'll add sweet potatoes or some rice with dinner versus um, not having any of that stuff or some parsnips or carrots, um, that kind of thing, you know, where you just eat a little bit more carb, but I'm still eating real food. I'm still eating whole foods. Um, uh, let's see. I'm under a lot more stress than I was a year ago. So true. So see, I just talked about that. Like what's changed for me over the last year. So I had to learn to adapt to the fact that I had a lot more stress going on at the time I was writing this than I did the year prior. Um, I do intermittent and longer fast as I feel that I need or want. And that has changed now. Like I'm two years or so from when I wrote this, um, I was doing many more longer fasts at this time than I am now. Again, I think that might've had something to do with the amount of stress I was under. So um, I just found it to be better for me to do, add some more longer fasts in here and there. I don't do as many fasts anymore. Um, typically stay in a lighter ketosis now than in the beginning. That is still typically the same. I eat according to net carbs instead of total carbs. So in the beginning, I was very strict on my total carbs. And then when I was tracking at this point, a year or so 
after I started keto, I was tracking net carbs and that was working for me very well. Um, I added in fat bombs. These are like treats for me. So one of my very favorite fat bombs, it's in my recipe collection on my website, but it is um, the keto, it's a cookie dough fat bomb. I, I still love those like so much and I haven't made them in so long, but they're amazing. It literally tastes like a ball of cookie dough and I keep them in the fruit. Well, I don't have any now, but I would keep them in a freezer bag in the freezer. I always made a double batch and I would freeze them. And then if I was just neat, felt like I just need something, I need something to hold me over or I want something sweet. I want a treat. I'd grab one of those and the, it was gone. The craving was gone and it was mostly fat very, very, uh, very little sweetener at all, um, mostly fat. And so I just found those so incredibly satiating and just filled what I felt like I needed. Um, so you can do those kinds of things, you know, figure out if that works for you. And then, like I said, all of this is constantly changing guys. So that, that was me a couple of years ago, um, which was a year after I started, which was, you know, as you can see what I'm saying, like, it's just, it's constantly evolving. It's constantly changing. It's my keto and you've got to figure out what works for you. And it's my keto. As long as I am still metabolically flexible, I'm still in ketosis. I'm still producing ketones. I'm still getting all of those benefits. Keto is not, that word doesn't indicate a specific diet or a specific food or a specific macronutrient makeup. It indicates a metabolic state of being. Okay. And that's it. <laughs> I love my little cow picture there. So um, that's it. And I will, again, I'll put the links to this stuff in your, in my show notes. So you can head over to the show notes and get the links to anything that I mentioned on here that I told you I would give you the link for. And um, I hope you guys have been enjoying the podcast. I hope you're hanging in there through the quarantine. Um, I know it's been a little bit hard, uh, especially when we have days like, oh man, like we've got pretty much this whole week. I don't know what part of the country you're in, but here in my part of the country, Cincinnati, Ohio, we are just just rain, 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 rain. So it's just dreary and gross and just feels, it just makes it more depressing, right? It just feels more depressing to be stuck inside, no sunshine. Um, so I'm really looking forward to some summer and some sun and just trying to kind of get back to a little bit of normalcy with life. So I hope you all are staying well. And um, I really look forward to talking to you the next time. If you just can't wait till the next podcast and you need some help, you need some motivation, you need somebody to be talking to every week, then jump into my group coaching. You can get more information at jessicatai.com. Um, as long as there's still spots available, that will be open when I fill up the spots I will mark it that it is currently full. I don't want too many people in the group because I really want to be able to give you as much attention individually as I, per as I can. And I'm only one person. So I have to keep the uh, amount down a little bit, but so far the group coaching has been working better than the one-on-one. -on -one. Um, it just enables me to be able to see more people, help more people, and it's much more cost-effective for you. All right. So that's all I have for this week. I hope you guys have a wonderful week and I will catch you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed what we shared with you today and are looking forward to the next episode. 